Welcome to the Florence Crossroad Podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. So when he says, there will be many that will say, Lord, Lord, and I will say to them, I never knew you. Now, wait a second. That really bothers me. <laughs> does, does it get to you? God said, my word will not return void. He is true to his word. If many people actively engage in the work of God are not saved, how many more just attend church? How many more just attended Easter or Christmas? Jesus said, you've been born once naturally, but have you been born spiritually? In the text, it's interesting because when you read the words, uh, especially in the, in, in the original language, where he speaks about being born again, it literally means being born from above. It is a spiritual dynamic. Nicodemus says, how can a man when he's old enter again into his mother's womb? He's speaking about natural birth. And Jesus is taking off of that work and he's giving to them a dynamic understanding. And many crazy things have come out of that passage. First of all, you have to be born naturally before you can be born spiritually. How many of you know that when a baby is born, usually just prior to the birth of the baby, there's the rupturing of water, and water comes first. A baby is housed in a womb of water during that pregnancy. So when he speaks of being born of water, he's speaking of a natural process of birth. And once you're born, only then can you be born from above, a spiritual birth. Have you ever heard this testimony? I was saved as a child. I really didn't change. I fell away. I lived in sin. I was miserable. Finally got my act together, and I got saved, and God really changed my life. You ever heard that kind of a testimony? I have. And it's interesting. In the book of Hosea, the prophet gives this statement. I love it because it kind of makes it, it helped, helped me to understand some things. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird. In other words, the presence of God, the manifested presence of God is taken from them. He says there's no birth, no pregnancy, and no conception. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. It's, it's starting backwards from birth, pregnancy, to conception, rather than conception, birth, and pregnancy. He's speaking about the fact that, that something natural and wonderful has, has been changed here. Jesus gives us that example of birth. Some say, I didn't grow after I got saved as a child. Let me ask you this. Is there growth before birth? Does a baby grow in the womb? I mean, I'm going to speak to the experts here, the ladies. Has there ever been a conception and a birth simultaneously of a full-born and full grown child? No, no. What happens in between? What's that time between conception and birth? What's that called? 
and it's not hell. It, for some, it might. How, how do you know, Pastor? You've never been there. <laughs> well, but it's called pregnancy, right? That's a period, that's that state, that's that moment where that baby from, from, from conception to birth, there's a growing period of time in that. It, it's interesting to me that I think there's something unique about that. There's a little bit of miserableness, maybe a lot more. You know, I married Mother Teresa. My wife is the sweetest, most wonderful woman in the world. But when she was pregnant, there were moments I wondered if she wasn't possessed. How many of you men understand that? It, it's a different world. Uh, one of my friends, it's a, a physician, said that there are three genders. There's male, female, and a pregnant woman. And I'm not so certain that's not true. And I don't mean it naughty. I don't mean it. That was just, it's, it's changed. You know, I come home, what's for dinner? How would you like to carry a bowling ball in your belly? I just wanted to know if we're having hot dogs or hamburgers. I just, y'all understand what I'm saying? It's, and as, as that pregnancy grows, the more miserable they become. And, and I, my heart breaks for that. I, I'm so grateful that I was born male. <laughs> but, but the point of what I'm trying to share is this. Is it possible that when we were young, there was a seed, a conception birthed into our being? And as it grew, we began to fight against that. And there came a point where we literally were miserable. And in the misery of that, we yielded our life. Rather than being repelled away from it, we, we yielded our life to God. And we finally submitted to Him. And then there was a great change that happened in us. I, I, I think that's possible. Some, some have said, you know, when I got saved, I didn't change. Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. The change isn't up to you. It's only God that can make the change. It's only God that can make the change. The last point of what I want to share is this, is that how can I know if I've been born again? How can I know if I've been born again? Must many no. First John 5.13 These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It isn't a mystery. This isn't, this isn't throwing something on a wall and hoping it sticks. This isn't a guessing game. This isn't the lottery. This is something that you can have absolute confidence that you Know that you have eternal life. Not guess, not hope, but know that you have eternal life. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. I've had people, and I prayed it before, before I came to really know the Lord. I prayed, Lord, if, if, if I'm not saved, save me. You ever prayed that prayer? If I'm not saved, save me. Let me tell you what's wrong with that prayer. 
It's really saying, God, if I do need you, then save me. God, if I, if I have sinned, then save me. But if not, I don't need you. That's really what that's saying. You don't come to Jesus and say, if I'm a sinner. No, you come to him saying, I am a sinner. Hello? We're all, say that with me, we're all sinners saved by grace. We have this whole thing somehow put into a scripted play that is a performance orientation. That if I do more good than I do bad, if I, if, I, if I don't do these sins or if I don't do this thing, then somehow on a curved grade, I'm given the opportunity to get into heaven. That's what our world wants to think. Well, I haven't been that bad. I haven't done what this guy did. I, I haven't done that thing. It's a performance orientation. God did not base our salvation on our performance. He based our salvation on what Jesus Christ came into this world to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He assumed sin. He became sin. Say that with me. He became sin. He didn't just take my sins. He became every sin of every human being that's ever lived or ever will live. And he became the curse before God's eyes of all humankind. And he was the sacrifice for that. No performance on my part. No ritualistic baptisms or it, it, what, none of that is going to solve my salvation dilemma. I can go to church. I can live in church. I can give everything I have. I can read the Bible. I can memorize every passage in the scriptures. And none of that will get me guaranteed heaven. The only thing that will grant to me heaven is I must be born again. And that's what this is about. What if I don't recall the date when I came to the Lord? I, I remember the date. For me, I, I, there are certain dates that... I remember. I remember April 13th, 1966, at 1.20 in the afternoon. I remember that date. It's indelibly etched in my mind. I'll tell you what it was. It was when I first met my wife, Sherry. I can tell you exactly where we were. I can tell you, I can tell you what she was wearing. She was wearing a, a, a jumper with a white, uh, what do you call it, blouse. She, oh, she was a fox. Still is. Indelibly etched in my mind. But I can tell you September 25th was a Wednesday night. I can tell you that night what, what that was. That's when I finally came to the point of saying, God, I can't change myself. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of not having an answer. I'm tired of this, this pain that I struggle with in my life. I want to serve you, but I can't serve you. I need your help. I remember that night because that was the night. That was the night I was born again. And I can tell you something. It was revolutionary in my life. But pastor, what if I don't remember it? Well, that's all right. My wife doesn't remember the date. I think she got saved when she was in the womb. I mean, she was, 
She was born in a preacher's home. She, she she's, was raised in church. She loved God from the earliest point of her life. She's, she learned about Jesus. She's, she fell in love with Jesus when she was a little child. She can't tell you when it was. She can just tell you that it did. Kind of like marriage. Uh, you know, if I, if I say to you, okay, wh- when did you get married? You know, you can probably forget that date once. When did you get saved? I, you know, I think I was eight. No. I think it was a youth camp. I was about 15 years. You know, I'm not sure. I think it might have been when I was 30. <laughs> That's like asking me, when did you get married? Well, I think it might have been when I was eight. No, it was, I was four. No, no, I was 20. I, yeah, I was 20. Listen, folks, when you get married, somebody comes to live with you. Hello? Rearranged my whole bathroom. I have my three little things over here, and she's got 150 things over there that I don't even know what they are, and I don't want to. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Somebody came to live with you. When you accept Jesus Christ, he comes to well dwell within you. His spirit comes to live in you. There's somebody that's with you taking up residence in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we come to know Jesus as our Savior and we have yielded our life and our will to him, somebody else comes to make residence in our life. My question is, do you know that for a fact? As I think about my Billy Graham and my two friends, that today are enjoying the presence of God. Today are experiencing sounds and presence and vision of things that they could have only believed or only anticipated. They're there today. I know they're there. And they're not there because it's a guess. They're there because there was a point in every one of their lives when they had to come to a point of saying, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I commit my life to you. I ask for you to come into my life. They were born again. Can, can I illustrate it? We were all born like this. There's two directions. One's destruction. One's life. Let's do it this way. I like it better. That's hell. This is heaven. Hi. You're all in heaven. There's nobody over here yet. All right. Thank God. But we're all born with this bent. All right? You don't have to teach a child how to be, how to be a sinner. Y'all figured that out? If, if if, just stick around long enough. They'll, you, you, you'll learn a lot from your kids, I'll tell you. I'm telling you, you'll learn a lot. You're already starting to. But, but honey, you ain't just. But, but I... I, I I was born headed that way, and, and I, I, you know, I, I kind of liked it over there. You know, the Bible says that there is pleasure in sin for a season. You all understand that? For a season. But there came a point in my life where I, I didn't, I, I tried, I tried, boy, I tried, I tried to, to turn, to turn my life, but, and, and if I took any pressure off, guess what? It went right back over here. 
I needed to go that way. I was raised in church. I could, I could win in a sword drill on any given Sunday morning. I was baptized when I was nine years old. I, I mean, I was a member of First Baptist in Bend, Oregon. I was raised in that church. My teeth marks were on the crib rails of that nursery. I'm telling you, you couldn't be any more of a Baptist than I was a Baptist at that time. But I wasn't saved. Oh, I knew about God. I believed in God. I was kind of like Nicodemus. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus, but I had never surrendered my will and my life to him. Until September 25th, 1966. And when I prayed that prayer, I said, oh, God, I can't change. I've tried. I'm miserable. I need help. I need you to come. I yield my life to you. And when I did, he did this. It was a polarity change. I, all of a sudden, something happened. I'm no longer desiring what's over here. I didn't want any of that. I wanted what was over here. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to be a right man. I wanted to be, be right with God. Now, there, weren't, there were times when, when the pole was here, but you know what? I'd get back to God, and I, it kept me on this straight and narrow. Yeah, there was a challenge. It was, I call it a, a spiritual polarity change. God put a new spirit in me. That's what he says. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Does it mean you won't struggle? Does it mean you won't sin? Does it mean you won't? No, it doesn't mean that at all. I thank God for the word that says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins as often as we ask, which simply means that there's going to be a few times when we blow it. Hello? But the change, the change wasn't performance. The change was commitment. Where are you today? I know where Billy Graham is. I know where Paul Farron is. I know where Gordon Daffron is. Where are you going? Do you know for a fact? Do you know for sure? Do you have that certainty in your spirit and in your soul? That's what Paul is telling us, to examine, to examine this thing called eternal life, to examine our salvation. I think it's good once in a while for us to sit back and, and look at it Am I still serving him? Father, this morning, I, I just felt so burdened today to share your word this way. And I believe, Father, that no one is here by an accident. No one is here by chance. That, Father, you have directed every single one of us to this moment this morning. And as we ponder that question, am I truly born again? More than just simply believing in God. More than just simply believing in Jesus. More than just simply going through some perfunctory dynamic of liturgy. Something more than just going through some rote moment. Lord, do I know for a fact that I have eternal life? Have I truly been born again? Lord, this morning I'm asking 
that you would speak to each one of us because we can make that change, that challenge today. You can make the change in our life. It's as simple as simply saying, Jesus, I need you. But pastor, I've been in church most of my life. You know what? Let's put all of that behind us. The question on the table right now is do you know for sure? And if there's a question, today's the day to make it sure. How many of you be honest and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. I want to be, but I'm just not sure. If that's you, nobody's looking between you and God. But you'd be open and honest enough to say, I'm not sure, but I want to know. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you. I want you to pray a prayer with me. I want all of us to pray this prayer, and let's make it our own. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you more than you need me. I cannot change. But I know you can help me. I commit my life to you today. I ask your help today. I ask for your grace today. I need you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?